0: Tablet, we play a bunch of really subpar games with Steve the human and Woody the human. The fun will never end. It's we universe.
1: Oh, that was charming! Very charming, very heartwarming. The the cracks in the voice were like exactly right for the tenor, too. Yeah, yeah, uh, any
0: uh, any voice. That like that's the the very twee voice I can do. Where the point is not to sing good. I, I auditioned for part of the half, one half of the moldy peaches. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly, exactly. You're you're the stem, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Sure. Yeah. I, w- I, I was the mold that they then proceed to cut off. Oh, there we <laughs> go. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough.
1: Well, hello, everybody. Uh, This is Wii Universe, as we heard from our delightful new theme song. Yeah, that
0: we're going to sing every week. Uh,
1: This is the show where we are playing every single game in the Wii U catalog. And my name is Lumpy Space Podcaster Steve Guntley. And as discussed, I'm Woody the Human. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. just the human. Just the human. That would be a cool, like, name change. Like, I was thinking today about, like... You know, I could just change my name to
0: whatever I want it
1: to be yes, at any point.
0: Like, I w- but I also don't I don't know what I would want it to be. You know, I went through a phase of that as well because um, Woody is not my real like my legal name, and sure. it's very irritating to have to like write a legal name and then whenever somebody. And they asked me, like, oh, is that actually your name? Because it doesn't match what's on this document. So I'm like, oh, what if I just legally change my name to Woody? Yeah. And then I'm like, well, as long as I'm doing it, I might as well give myself a cool middle name. So I was pushing, as an idea, to be Woody the Yellow Dart yeah. Suskowski, yeah, like, yeah. with quotations as part of my middle name. Woody the Yellow Dart. Di- like, you have <laughs> to spell out the quotations every <laughs> yeah, time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I am very lazy and realized it was – it's, even though you can just do it whenever you want, it is still there is effort behind it. Yeah, as anyone who has transitioned will tell you, it is not it is not a painless process. Right. I well, I was thinking about
1: today. I, I was listening to an old interview with Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. and they were grilling her about her name and like the history of the name. It's like, oh, that uh, that sounds like such a that must be a family name or something. And she's just like, well, no, my my real name is Susan. Uh, and when I was fourteen, I just read that name in like a book somewhere, and I just asked people to start calling me that, wow. and they did. And and I'm just like, oh, that's amazing. Okay, I, I mean, I I wish I had the balls to do that. Did <laughs> you say, okay, from now on, I'm Sigourney?
0: Sure. You I know? think I think that is the uh, that is the e- easy unofficial name change because I think most people will be respectful of that. But it might be yeah. easier when you're 14 compared to like however million. I'm- years old you are. It's true. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> you we've been Pulling out your beard. We're going to have to start calling you Steve Guntley the White. Okay, or the, or the, I like <laughs> that. Well, or...
1: not until I defeat the ball
0: rock. Oh, right, I mean, so I, you're still my... Steve Steve the Gray. Yeah, I'm still the Gray, but, you know, one of these days,
1: I'm hoping to get that promotion. Yeah. Uh, we are not talking about name changes, nor are we talking about Lord of the Rings today. We're kind, but we're of, talking about about, we're that... kind
0: of talking about Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, yeah, and something with a lot of uh, charming names as well. Mm-hmm. Today, we are playing two games based off of the television show Adventure Time. So these games are Adventure Time. uh, What is the full title? Explore the Dungeon because I don't know. (laughs) And the second one is Adventure Time Finn and Jake Investigations. Uh, So two games based on a very, very charming television show that kind of quietly revolutionized TV animation. Sure. Like kind of weirdly. Like every show kind of looks like Adventure Time now or is like going for that Adventure Time vibe, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. In in a way,
1: it it just kind of defined what, Animated cartoons would look like in this decade, this last decade, you know.
0: And I feel like maybe the tone is a very special thing too, of something that is simultaneously sweet but absurd. Like I feel like the realm of absurdity, um, for has often like been capitalized by Adult Swim for a long sure. time in terms of things that are like very sort of angry in their absurdity like your tim and eric's yeah and i yeah. feel like adventure time was kind of able to take some of that bizarre unpredictable energy and put it in a way that is just very sweet and acceptable to all ages i
1: mean we've talked about on the pa- in the past uh spongebob and i feel like adventure time has kind of the spirit of early spongebob in that the designs are so like liquid and so yeah. most motion- emotive and and get like they could just kind of do anything with their bodies at any time and you don't really need an explanation for it like jake is a dog who can stretch his body to infinite degrees or can make himself grow to the size yeah. of a building and no one really comments on it it's just a thing he can do <laughs>
0: it, i i really my one of my favorite aspects in adventure time is the way that occasionally they'll just raise their hands and their their very skinny arms will just kind of wooble. Back and forth, <laughs> the actual arms themselves will, like, bend, like, wacky, waitable, inflatable arm, man.
1: I, I did get a nice little moment of that where they, they tried to do it in the second game that we played today mm-hmm. with the more 3D model. And I'm like, okay, I at least appreciate that they're they're trying with that. Yeah. Like, that makes it a little more inflexible, but I, I appreciate that they're trying. Uh, I don't really have too terribly much uh, history with Adventure Time. I've I think I've watched the first two seasons all the way through. Okay and then kind of got distracted by something and, and meant to get back to it, because I like right. everything I've seen. Uh, but it is one of those shows kind of like, after a point you want to walk away and watch something a little different for a while. Yeah.
0: That was, that was kind of like the tough... Well, let, let's talk a little. I'm assuming you have some facts about the history of Adventure yeah, Time. Yeah, right? I absolutely and then we'll, do. Get
1: into that. Yeah, so the show was created by a guy named Pendleton Ward. Great
0: name. Great name. I, I, I love. It's, I love. It's, very, it's a very whimsical name. Like it sounds like a character in Adventure Time.
1: I love anyone whose first name sounds like a butler's last name.
0: Okay. Like yeah,
1: Pendleton or like. Uh, uh, Wooster. Wooster, sure. Yeah, why not? Uh, So, he was uh, an animator and a graduate of the prestigious CalArts Animation Program in Southern California. Uh, The show that would become Adventure Time first originated as a short on Nickelodeon for a talent showcase that was called Random Cartoons in 2007. Okay. So, Random Cartoons was kind of part of the Frederator network of shows. Now, the Fre- Frederator was this company uh, founded by this guy named Fred Siebert, and he would do these kind of compilation shows as a way of sort of highlighting new talent. Okay, And most famously, he did that on his What a Cartoon series in the mid-'90s. And from What a Cartoon sprung Dexter's Laboratory, Johnny Bravo, Cow and Chicken, The Powerpuff Girls, a wow. uh, whole bunch of other different shows. So, like, a very, very influential Kind of shingle if you want to be an animator, like to get in with. the... Oh, Courage the Cowardly Dog was the other big one. And I,
0: I remember seeing this short. Like somebody, you know, passed me their phone when I was in college and was like, "Watch this," and I was really excited by it. Like it it was just such like a weird, like joyful thing where like the character because there's just no explanation for the weirdness. Like it just starts with you know. Uh, Jake like floating and meditating in the air and Finn's just exclamations of mathematical and rhombus. And <laughs> I, I, I had forgotten. I just rewatched that short on YouTube before t- uh, yesterday because I had forgotten how it looked. And the style is very like the characters themselves are very fully formed to like what they became in the full show. But um, the animation looks much cheaper, Wait, which totally they, makes sense. Did
1: they like, have John DiMaggio? Yeah, yet? I think did. all
0: the it's all the same voices. All the same cast. Somebody who sounds awfully like him. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, and but like the the actual animation style kind of looks like early Flash almost. Initially. Yeah,
1: but this was kind of a weird slow burn because like this came out on Random Cartoons and like I don't think anybody really watched it. Except for some industry executives, and it was enough to land Pendleton Ward a job on the Cartoon Network show *The Misadventures of Flapjack*. Okay, and that show also that wound up being kind of an incubator for yeah. a lot of like major talent. So he was working alongside J.G. Quintel, who invented uh, *Regular Show*. And Alex Hirsch, who created uh, Gravity Falls. So, never gotten
0: into, I never really got into a regular show. I like, never really it, no did either. No one ever clicked with me.
1: Uh, I, I, never, I haven't tried too Even much. Even I but consider
0: them kind of like peas in a pod with Adventure Time.
1: Gravity Falls I would consider like a top ten show for yeah, me. Yeah, I really like, want to watch I, Gravity I've i watched it, it some
0: with you, and it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so yeah. Oh, I've got a fancy Blu-ray set. I'll Ooh. let you borrow it. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty great. Um but yeah, while he was working at Flapjack, this clip started going viral on YouTube. YouTube, remember, was still a pretty new thing in 2007. It, it yeah. was invented in 2005. So okay, okay. still pretty new. And the, uh, the concept of like videos going viral was still kind of a big deal. But this is one that started like developing an audience. And uh, so Nickelodeon, uh, he, Pendleton Ward brought this to Nickelodeon, asked if they wanted to produce a the show. They passed. But he stuck with Cartoon Network, and they agreed to. And so the show debuted in 2010, and it was instantly risen, rose to the top of uh, uh, the ratings for That's
0: Time Slot. Uh, I mean, I, I honestly remember, like, I was so excited about the short that, like, someone came up to me later and was like, hey, you remember that short I showed you two years ago? Yeah. Well, well watch, listen to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that cartoon you've been looking for? <laughs> um, just because it has Marvin Barry. Yeah, yeah, it has such just a weird sense of humor that really appeals to like i don't know it's simultaneously like comedy nerds and like gaming nerds and just people who like weird random crud right it's it's like
1: the, kind of the world that they live in is like a mix between something you'd see painted on the side of a van and like candy land yeah that's the weirdest aesthetic but like everything is alive Everything has its own monarchy, seemingly.
0: There's like a hundred (laughs) million princesses. There's a princess of everything in this world. Well, because in some way, like, the initial premise is similar. What was the last adventure game we did? Like, Book of Unwritten Tales. Book of Unwritten Tales, Whereas, like, the premise behind that is they just live in generic fantasy world, kind of as a joke. Yeah. And, like, all these tropes of the generic fantasy world take place here. And this kind of adventure time kind of has that, too. But, like, the world itself is much more fleshed out into its own weird thing there, but like there that, are fewer rules yeah right but that's why like there's princesses for everything yeah because like they need to be there to get captured or whatever they're adventurers like, they
1: need to rescue princesses yeah, that's like their <laughs> that's job how it works yeah <laughs> so you need a you need a slime princess you need a gumdrop princess you need every kind uh which is always it's a pretty funny idea so, I mean, the show is the story of a human boy named Finn and his brother slash best friend, which is a hyper-flexible dog named Jake. <laughs> and they get into various adventures in this madcap sword and sorcery world called the Land of Ooh, uh, three O's. And it's it's a full of weird characters. We have a living game machine named Beemo. Oh, of, Beemo's so cute. So cute. Yeah. Uh, the vampire girl Marceline, the optimistic princess Bubblegum, and the villainous Ice King. It's Now, it's kind of eventually revealed over the course of the series, and spoilers if you're not caught up on this show that's sure. off the air now, but <laughs> it, it the, the show, as it goes on, like the first couple of seasons are just like cartoons, just kind they're, of random yeah, little short serialized. standalone adventures, and then it starts getting a little more... Yeah, well, it starts getting a little yeah. more serialized as it goes Maybe on. Maybe like the
0: fourth season or third or fourth season is where like episodes start connecting, and they'll have like three or four long episode arcs.
1: Right, and so we get... Some glimpses that, like, the land of Ooh might actually be our world, but like post, 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 post apocalypse. It's like millions of years past the end of our world and now everything's just like bright and colorful and there are no rules anymore, <laughs> which is kind of a cool idea. Like post-apocalypse stuff is usually just very grim consistently and, and they really don't even tip their hand until like season five.
0: And that, that's kind of the odd, like this is a show that as it kept going for as excited as I was when this show first came out and would, whenever it seemed like a new one was going to premiere or be on TV, I would be excited to watch it. I just kind of fell off in terms of interest. Yeah. And I think it is a tough show to go back and like stream. I'm sure plenty of people do it, but like it just everything is so bright and so energetic. So it's really fun in like 11 minute bursts. But when yeah. you sit down, you're like, okay, I'm going to watch a whole season of this. Yeah, yeah. It feels, it is kind of overwhelming. It can be, yeah. And um, I don't know. And in some ways, like, I feel like the randomness and lack of explanation of things is part of the joy of it. Sure. And once they start explaining like these intricate backstories between the Ice King and Marceline's upbringing, I'm like, I don't necessarily need that. Like, yeah. I kind of just like that Marceline is the vampire girl. Yeah. And, but I don't know. It, it works in both ways. And I know a lot of people have like a real attachment to this show. And I was glad that it, this show didn't really outstay its welcome in terms of runtime for like the amount yeah. of success that it's had culturally, like, what would it run? Like, the, six, seven seasons? Well,
1: like, it, it actually ran ten, oh, weirdly. Okay. Like, but it spread out over eight years. And there there are 283 episodes of this show, but they're all 11-minute episodes. So it's, right. like, significantly, you know, cut down from that. But uh, And then I think they did a couple of movies exclusive on HBO Max to kind of just wrap everything up. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, this, this officially ended in 2018. It is also one of those rare animated shows that gets an ending. You know, usually it's yeah. just, like, Okay, Disney stopped paying for this. Like, so wrap it up here. Um, and kind of similar to Flapjack, this became sort of an incubator for the next generation of talent from here. Some of the people who worked on Adventure Time would have huge success after this. Patrick McHale, who created Over the Garden Wall. Oh, sure. Uh, Ian Jones Cordy, who created OKKO. OK and then Rebecca Sugar, who has had massive, massive success sure. as the creator of Steven Universe. Which is a show I think I prefer to this one. If you know, if I I had to rate it, they
0: they scratch a similar itch, they do for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think Steven Universe from the get go is more ground, not even grounded, but it's got more of a universe, it's got more of a mythos. It's more, Uh,
0: yeah, it's clear that they want to go the direction of creating. Something consistent and like building out characters from the start. Yeah, they, it, I feel like yeah. Adventure Time kind of swerved into that. Yeah, from like going from purely left field randomness to be like, oh, actually, we want you to care about the history of Finn and Jake.
1: And look, that's yeah. a good thing to do. I think yeah, I think yeah. I you, think you want to err on the side of like make your make your audience care about your characters. Yeah, like, and I, I think, I think that it's
0: hard to just keep coming up with two hundred and eighty episodes of randomness.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the thing I always liked about Adventure Time in particular is that like you get the sense that it's being made by people who just kind of like to doodle and fuck around yeah. and like that they're having a whole lot of fun. Just like, Oh man, I just made the dumbest looking character. Let's make him animated. Yeah. Like let's bring him to life. And Oh good. He's a character in the show and his name is lemon grab. Why not? Like, let's just put him in here. Oh, like, that was
0: that was uh, maybe the first introduction I had to Justin Roiland, and boy, think, that is a that is a rough introduction to him. I hate that character. You hate that so character? Oh, well, I I mean, that's he was funny. Po- that's the point. You're supposed to hate him, like, but yeah, he's just oh man, is it annoying? That like, that voice, Ju- Justin Roy Justin, Ro- Justin Roiland is quite a fellow. He's a weird like, dude. He can he's a weird he can dude. really lay into you with that voice. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's pretty impressive. You know, <laughs> so I don't know. I just I enjoy that energy. It's it uh, it always makes me think of the Simpsons episode where like. There's the guy drawing Danger Dog, and he's drawing his friends into the vomit and like oh, things like that.
0: That is one of the few Simpsons episodes I have to look away from <laughs> when they when they do Sorry that to invoke it of all of the people barfing into each other's mouth. I have to, yeah. be like, I cannot watch this.
1: But like how the animator's is just like, no, my job's great. I get to I get to yeah. make doodles all day, and I get paid big money to do it. Like that feels like the energy behind Adventure Time. Yeah, it's, totally. It's, it's a bunch of people. It's like I can't believe we're making great money to do this goofy shit, and and, and I love
0: it. And I will say like it it also feels like people who grew up on some of the same stuff that we did oh yeah because there's a lot of sort of draw and influence on from old video games oh like, definitely because like you know they'll go into dungeons and like find mystical swords that increase their theoretical stats <laughs> that's it's the crazy thing know.
1: to see as we've gotten older like the references have shifted from like old boomer things like i love lucy and bonanza and now it's like you know, there's a show, "The uh, uh, Amazing World of Gumball," mm-hmm. and they did a whole Final Fantasy VII episode. Oh wow! Like where they they use the music and everything and the animations. And it's like, that's, that's great. That's yeah. a game from when I was in high school, <laughs> and it's like now it's influencing kids. That's great. Um, so yeah, Adventure Time's hugely popular, uh, and so it did spawn a couple of video games. And if it, nothing else, I say the Adventure Time games have a claim at some of the weirdest and funniest recent game titles. Yeah. And they started that off big time in 2012 with the 3DS game. Hey, Ice King, why'd you steal our garbage? Question mark exclamation point question mark uh, Great title. Come on, is I want to see
0: what that game's about. Is Come there on. a term? I think I've played that. I think it's just a 2D platform. I'm game. sure. Yeah. Um, is there a term for the question mark exclamation point exclamation point? So or- I know the
1: question mark and. In- uh, the the pairing of the two of them is called an interrabang. that
0: is an interrabang. yeah okay. but I
1: don't know what it's called when you add on to that maybe it's that's like an interrabang. Interrabang bang yeah yeah just keep adding adding uh uh syllables every time yeah until you make an interrabang bang bang bang
0: bang itty bang wouldn't it be an interrabang intera interrabang interrabang or you just the I question guess. mark is yeah the where's the and value the bang being assigned is the, yeah, yeah
1: yeah that's the thing the I, the would be, point. yeah you're right yeah yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to think about it. Sure. Uh, so that game was a 2D platformer, as you said, from way forward that we're going to talk about in a minute. And it was politely received, but uh, other games in the series haven't fared really as well. Okay. Uh, weirdly, the two games that we played today were kind of critically panned. And I kind of see where they're coming from, but uh, we'll get into it. But, like, I these are... Maybe we're just skewed from having played a lot of Wii U games. We are definitely
0: skewed. But I will say, I think one of the bummers about the Adventure Time games, not that I've played a lot of them by any means, but I think it's sad that there's no, like, spectacular Adventure Time game because this, you know, with SpongeBob, like... The so SpongeBob world doesn't necessarily translate fantastically into a video game. No. Like, what are you going to do? You are going to play as SpongeBob. You are going to jump around and stuff. I am not saying they couldn't have done better than that garbage that we played. And they have done better yeah, than yeah, that garbage. Exactly. That we played. Yeah, exactly. But like, like I said, since Adventure Time is pulled so much from like old D and D and old NES games, like BMO is essentially like in a, a talking NES as like yeah. a character. Yeah, yeah. When there is so much influence of this, like, and it's such like a bright, colorful world with combat built in, you feel like, man, what if, like, this was, like, The Witcher, but you played as, you know, Finn. Yeah. And you just could run around and explore this world, and it was, like, giant, and, you know, there was an RPG skill tree. Like, that would be awesome.
1: It's, I think the 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 enthusiasm for licensed games, we've talked about it a lot on the yeah. show, but the enthusiasm for licensed games really diminished, I think, once people realized the formula is just... Let's take property X and put it into popular game Y and see if it works. And we're not really going to improve anything from popular game Y. This is just basically a reskin. And we might even cut some features to make it even easier for our younger audience. Yeah. So that's, kind of, that's kind of the formula for making these games. And I'm not saying these games don't do that, too. They, oh, pretty yeah. much, they very they much do. Totally do. But like, it's a very rare thing... When a, a licensed game doesn't do that, the one I was thinking of recently was Chronicles of Riddick. Sure, we talk about which that. Which is a like, lot. yeah, a great game that that really feels like it was trying to push
0: things forward uh, in terms of genre and storytelling. Um, I think, but with a license, I think that it's just kind of more. I mean, maybe that's just because mm-hmm. this is a property that I like. Like, I like Adventure Time a lot. It just, I think, if to me, it feels more depressing than like a Transformers game because, like. I don't know, like, I'm not interested in, like, exploring the world of Transformers. This is one of the few...
1: And Transformers is based on a toy. It's kind of creatively bankrupt to begin with, yeah, you know? Like, yeah, it, exactly. It's, I know what I'm
0: going to get into. and yeah. it, it really feels like if somebody gave, you know, um, gave people money to actually put something out, they're like, we want to make, like an Adventure Time game that really stands on its own yeah. as opposed to just like, hey, let's slap this Adventure Time license on something. I think they could make something really cool.
1: Yeah. No, I think I, they could. And, you know, they, they've tried a few different games. Aside from the ones we're talking about today, there are games like Adventure Time Battle Party, Secret of the Nameless Kingdom, Pirates of the Interideon, and they have appeared in a couple of other games uh, uh, like, kind of, spin off games like uh, the Cartoon Network Battle Crashers, which is like the Smash Brothers knockoff oh, sure. with Cartoon Network characters. And they also feature in Lego Dimensions, which we will discuss in a later episode. Right. I don't have any uh, Jake and Finn figures. Maybe I should find some. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about our first game today. This is Adventure Time Explore the Dungeon because I don't know. <laughs> uh, this was released November 19th, 2013, and developed by Way Forward Technologies and published by D3 Publisher. This is also released on Windows, PS3, 360, and 3DS. So, we talked about Way Forward on our Patreon series uh, when we were talking about Contra because oh, they were the team brought Contra in 4. to do Contra 4. Uh, but for those who didn't listen to that, uh, go sign up for our Patreon. <laughs> Ultra 64. Yeah, we're not going to tell you yeah. anything
0: about it here.
1: Yeah, no, points. no. Uh, Way Forward, they kind of made a name for themselves like. Putting a like just that ten percent more effort into these licensed games yeah. to kind of make them set like stand apart, you know. And some of these license games that they make are quite good, and some of them are just sort of like serviceable. But yeah. I would still say they're better than some of the crap that like Acclaim puts out yes. or, or, or things like that. Definitely. So. Um, Yeah, so founded in uh, 1990 by a guy named Voldy Way. So Way Forward is a guy's name. His name is Voldy
0: Way. Voldy Way. Uh,
1: The company was originally called Designer Software, uh, which, wow, you try (laughs) trying to forget a name quickly. (laughs) Their first game was the SNES title Mickey's Ultimate Challenge in 1992, uh, and that kind of set their model of producing mostly licensed games. Now, since then, they've produced games based on... (gasps) Casper the Friendly Ghost, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Godzilla, Spongebob, X-Men, Justice League, The Smurfs, Transformers, Ninja Turtles, Looney Tunes, Scooby-Doo, Goosebumps, Batman, Barbie, and tons and tons of others. Wow. Uh, the company also had a couple of small hits on their own. Most notably was the Shantae series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first Shantae game was a Game Boy Color game that came out
0: like 2003 after, or something. It came something. out after the Game Boy Advance had been released.
1: Yeah, and it, it was it was kind of like Ignored at sales, but people came around and found it eventually and really liked the gameplay and the sprites. And, and, and now, we'll, we'll talk about Shantae later.
0: And now it is a relative, like that original Game Boy color card is pretty expensive oh yeah and they they recently re-released it as part of like limited run games yeah and yeah <laughs> I, I maybe we'll get into this when we talk about shantae but it just came up because we were what were we were playing we were playing maximum carnage oh yeah how many there's a there's a weird trope of like women using their hair as weapons <gasps> right now, maybe we'll talk about a bayonetta but like
1: yeah we'll t- we'll definitely talk okay. about a bayonetta. her is, whole skin is like her whole suit is hair it's
0: just <laughs> it's just weird i just can't i can't physically imagine like getting hit by someone's hair and having that hurt
1: yeah i mean it might be like maybe if they hit you just right in the eye you oh, might like sure.
0: smart a little bit it's kind of like a, a whip action yeah but. it's
1: not gonna knock me on my ass unless they're like conditioning with titanium or something. sure mm-hmm. uh anyway we'll talk about the shantae series some of my personal favorite games of uh way forwards are the unexpectedly awesome ds version of thor uh they did well oh, again a tie-in of the movie which is like a really great side-scrolling uh, beat-em-up. Okay, I can't.
0: Boy, I didn't even know that there were Thor video games.
1: Yeah, yeah well, I mean, yeah, it got buried, but it's a really good one. Um, they did a couple of really excellent Metroidvanias, including The Mummy Demastered, based on the, the Tom Cruise mummy. Great movie. They didn't get Tom Cruise's likeness <laughs> for it, but it's a really good Metroidvania. Just and then so weird. The other one is uh Aliens Infestation, which is a really good Aliens game. Uh, really hard, but you play okay. as a whole squad, and, like one of your squad members dies, you need to be the next one and yeah, move through oh, that. Oh, cool. Uh, and they also did the remake of DuckTales, which again, we will cover. And recent ro- retro throwbacks like Double Dragon Neon and River City Girls. Ooh, so, a
0: lot, a lot of cool games. A lot would of be cool games. Like, I if like if you were Way to forward. like play like all of a company's games, that one might be fun. Except I guess you'd have to squan through like a ton of licensed games.
1: Yeah, but I mean, uh, really, friend of the show, Jeremy Hatfield, has uh, gone to bat for their Sabrina the Teenage Witch Game Boy games. Okay. He's, he tried <laughs> sure. to push that on me once like, when I was at the game store. He's just like, like, you'd you, you but
0: you'd be surprised how good these games are. And okay. I'm
1: like, all right. Okay. I, I, I mean, I guess I'm from curious. the company
0: that makes Shantae. Yeah, maybe, sure. Maybe I could they'll s- s- set the set the standard.
1: I could see it working. All right, so the story of this game surprisingly does add a little bit of texture to the Adventure Time mythology in the end, and I'm going to spoil the end of the game, but... Um, so this opens up with Princess Bubblegum asking a team of adventurers to explore the Royal Dungeon. The, which oh, is,
0: very cute at the start of this yeah. game. It almost has a throwback design. If you've ever seen the beginning to the Dragon Warrior 2, yeah. where there's an empty cave maw and your like, adventurers start slowly walking towards you, yeah. this has that same thing, but with the Adventure Time characters.
1: And then the cutscenes, they they all look like 8-bit cutscenes and they take up just like a fraction of the screen a la Ninja Gaiden, sure. which, which I appreciated, but they are fully voiced. Um Yeah, so she asks you to go down into the Royal Dungeons because all of her enemies are coming loose and uh, escaping because, I don't know, (laughs) she faces the camera and says that. It's a very cute moment. Uh, So basically, you play as uh, four adventurers to start with. You can be either Finn, Jake, uh, Cinnamon Bun, or Marceline. And then you go down and explore the dungeon. Now, eventually, you learn that the culprit uh, and this is what ties into the greater mythology. You learn that the culprit down the bottom of the uh, dungeon is this gigantic like, pink blob okay. that birthed Princess Bubblegum. It's oh. like her parents. Okay. And we also learn that Princess Bubblegum is like 900 years old. That's the same as the uh, Mario
0: Brothers movie when uh, Right. Yeah, <laughs> when yeah. Daisy learns that she was birthed by a pool of fungus. Kind of, yeah, right. yeah. That's, that's a similar thing. But, yeah. For what it's worth, I know that he turns into fungus after. Don't at me. Yeah, but. no don't go don't go to war with me on a mario brothers movie you trivia you will lose yeah. you will lose
1: that uh yeah but that's kind of become canon now is that like she she was butted off of this monster this kind of inanimate monster but she had thoughts and feelings of her own so she kind of became princess bubblegum and like kept her her alleged parent or her a de facto parent, okay. down in this dungeon, so it wouldn't cause any more damage. And she is nine hundred years old. We know that about her now.
0: One thing that I think is cool about this license is it could almost, you could almost make an Adventure Time game for every genre, and it would like of game, and it would fit in okay.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so th- you, 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 when you put in an Adventure Time, you're not sure what you're going to get. And uh, this is like a uh, Diablo. I would say would be the Big influence here. Definitely. Like, def- Princess Bubblegum is your is your Lazarus yeah. leading you down there and maybe these like weird tentacles are your the butchers. Oh god.
1: <laughs> the butcher is still one of the scariest things in any game ever yeah. to me. Like I was so intimidated by the butcher. Well he
0: comes at you so fast. I feel like that was the thing that was scariest about him. It, that's and like I,
1: a, I still have memories of
0: like encountering the butcher way before I was ready to fight him. Yeah, and he just kills you in like three slashes. Freaked me the fuck out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is very scary. I, anything that is like huge and menacing that moves way faster than you think it will is very scary. Oh yeah, like yeah. something that lumbers along, not that scary. But once it like. Yeah, and then the fact that he's like it's mis- why the
1: Yeti and Ski Free still fucks with yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I
0: can name three of them: the Yeti and Ski Free, Sinistar, Sinistar. and the Butcher are all good examples. The Sun of that. from
1: Mario Three. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. it like when it swoops swoops down, swoops down, down you. at you. Yeah, because the Sun's not supposed to do that.
0: No, that's not from what I hear. Well, not not for another you know ten or twenty years. At yeah, least. yeah. We got a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but
1: yeah. So like I said, this game offers uh, up to four player on the couch co op, mm-hmm. which I always which like. Is nice. Yep. Uh, it's especially nice. I think I think this is one of those games that you'll enjoy more and more with more people attached to it yeah just because uh, it makes it makes <laughs> things uh, it, things feel a little empty with only two and players like
0: this is definitely I'm going to go off on a little side tangent yeah. here, but the term board game gets thrown around a lot in terms of if you're interacting with new people and you're like, oh, I like board games. I'm like, oh, I like board games too. But it's a very vague term in what that means to different people. It's a big difference between like Monopoly and Scythe. Yeah, you know? it, like, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. it's a very big difference in terms of how you want to play it. Because for some people, the social interaction is we're going to sit around and chat and there will just be a board game in the middle. Yeah. The way I do it is like, look, we're gonna focus on this board game. This is the this is the point of us hanging out. It's okay to have a little chatter on the side, but like the board game is the number one thing. Sure. And occasionally I'll go to people's houses where that was not how they do it. And I'm like, come on, let's let's focus. Let's move yeah. this along here. And I think what this game does, this is very much a like you're just chatting with your friends and you just have this game kind of on. Yeah. Like while yeah. you play, because this is this game is very effortless very
1: very very effortless but like i mean you pitch it like that and
0: i'm like that's not like kind of a good
1: time i mean that's a good way to you know yeah i, I mean i like, enjoying that in concept for like
0: a four plus not a lot of four player games that use so little of your mental energy it's true like mostly it's true. most four player games you're like pretty focused like you play halo four player you're not you're pretty focused on what's going on yeah here you're just like looking the other way kind of just your characters just walking around Cause yeah, what what are your moves here? So it's this is like a top down game.
1: Yeah, as as you would expect from the title, this is like a dungeon crawling exploration, like loot game. You yeah. know, you you uh, make your way deeper and deeper into this dungeon. Every once in a while, you'll go back to the surface to buy upgrades and like build up your stats. It, it's like every five characters. or six.
0: It look like every five floors. They're like you reach the checkpoint. Do you want yeah. to teleport back to the top where there's kind of like your little hub world where you can talk to some of the other characters who will upgrade the different stats. There's Thump, which is the quantity of hearts that you have, yeah. Um, your rowdiness is your attack, yeah, which that's I really very like, cute. and then focus, which we are not positive what it does. We think maybe it's just speed at which your charge up attack happens,
1: yeah, because your initial charge up attack is pretty slow. Um,
0: but, but, it's but also, it does a lot of damage, yeah, but it's also not that satisfying to use. So, like, no. your, your, your core attacks here is like your A button or whatever. To, you can play it with the Wiimotes, I use the Wiimote, but yeah. like your A button is your major attack um there's a block then then if you move while you're holding block you can sort of dodge around and then you get a sub weapon which you can pick up around the level and um you know whack people what do we found we found a bamboo stick which seems to do less damage than your regular
1: almost less than useless like it's it's you yeah it does less damage than your regular attack and like the only real good thing is that it can knock back enemies slightly but it's just faster to use your fist. You have
0: like a, a kitten gun, which does yeah. it shoots kittens who all meow, and then there are as am- ammunition for them as well. But that also seemed. Very weak and difficult to hit enemies with. It was hard to just argue with just like running and using your regular attack because that that's pretty darn functional. It is
1: that that part works. But um, there's
0: no like there's no like real combos to your attack. It's it, you know, it's just you press it three times and Finn'll slash three times. or if you're using Jake, he'll punch and then smash, you know, turn his hands into symbol's battletoad style and yeah. smash them. Oh, they should have put Jake as, like, a guest character in a Battletoads game. Oh, man. They have oh. The, they have the
1: same powers. I have to imagine, like, he's at least a little influenced by the Battletoads. <laughs> like, that design of that character, like, who's, like, Fist can just get giant when he needs to fight sometimes. Yeah. I, I would not be surprised if there's an influence there. Mm. You know, like, we kind of made the comment while we were playing that this is basically just Diablo for babies, which is a little disappointing just because... Adventure Time found such a bigger audience than just little baby kids. Yeah. You know, like I think this is something that like was kind of an across all quadrants success, and and so reducing it to like it's similar to the SpongeBob games. Like, and, and SpongeBob became much much more childish as it went on. Like I would right. say after Steven Hillenburg left, it was pretty childish from then on. Sure. But the games weren't reflecting that early on, you know. They they were for very little kids.
0: Yeah, that is, that is a shame. And I'm
1: not saying I want to see like boobs or anything, but you know, it's it's. I like, want to see boobs. <laughs> <laughs> show show me cinnamon boobs. buns
0: boobs. <laughs> <laughs> um... But uh, I, uh, yeah, like, it's definitely influenced by Diablo, but it doesn't have the things that make Diablo special. No. Because you just have a default, like, your only customization is just leveling up these different stats. And all you're really doing is running down and either picking up health or gold, which then you use to level up the stats. Yeah. But there's no, like, randomly generated items like that. That's the whole joy of Diablo is you you never know what... (laughs) I'm quoting Forrest Gump a lot this episode. Sure, yeah, no, you never know. You you never know what you're going to get when you go down there and hear the... stupid is, as stupid does. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Um, Maybe sometimes there just aren't enough rocks.
1: Sometimes, (laughs) sometimes, you know. Uh, So, I mean, the look of this game, it's like... I, I was really excited about it and I really liked it until we got into the dungeon. Like yeah. this is using like a top-down uh a 2D sprite kind of style. Like everybody looks like a little NES sprite or super NES Sprite version of the characters. And already I'm on board. Yep. I, I love that look. I think it looks great and it translates very well for these characters. Yep. But then when you get into the dungeon, everything is 3D models and it's just all Gray or black blocks, basically, yeah, the, the with is torches.
0: Tremendously uninteresting, and that's another influence from Diablo. It's one of the reasons that, like, original Diablo is still, of course, an amazing game, but it's very hard to go back to because you spend your whole time basically in this, you know, gray dungeon. Yeah, yeah. And it just feels very samey and slow. Whereas this suffers from the same problem. Like maybe the dungeons, like in Diablo, when you get to like level 30, you're kind of like in the pits of hell. Yeah, I'm not saying that you go to the pits of hell in this game. You might. Maybe maybe it opens up a little bit in terms of what you're seeing, but at least in the first, you know, seven levels or so, we didn't see that.
1: Yeah. I guess the other mechanic that we can talk about is that you have a special meter. When you charge that up, every character has their own like unique room clearing attack. None of these were terribly exciting it's usually just some kind of graphic comes on screen and they make a noise and then everything disappears
0: i guess i'm saying diablo but it's really even closer to like gauntlet like there's, even, I was getting a gauntlet vibe. Yeah. There are
1: like little skull, like skeleton piles that like produce more enemies that you need to destroy. Yeah, but yeah. It, even
0: in terms of customization, like it's less ambitious than like Gauntlet Legends that gave you at least some more side weapons that you could pick from and things like that. Like here, you do get you, tokens. That's yeah. oh yeah, that is cool. It's like a Paper Mario badge style thing. Yeah, you pick up tokens and then there's. It looked like there was a whole bunch of them there on were. the main selection method, and the only yeah, ones we like locked are like. Block prevents all damage, and get an extra heart, which are very boring, but I do hope that some of them will give you a bigger variety of powers. And We will never know, because I'm not going to play this game more. Probably
1: not, but, like, also these characters each have their own special, unique attack abilities, like... Uh, if you're playing a cinnamon bun, like your dodge can do damage to enemies, mm-hmm. like if you roll into them because you're a big cinnamon bun. Finn
0: can equip three badges instead of the standard two. Yeah. Uh, Jake can cross over, uh, can stretch over holes. Yeah. And Marceline just kind of floats, so yeah. she can also stretch over. She seemed a little different. She had some strange I mean, power. She had like some
1: infinite sub weapon ammo for something. Like, I, well, I don't, I don't know think
0: that did. was exclusive to her. I just picked it up. It was like okay. this little whip style thing.
1: And you do get to unlock four other characters in here. You get Lumpy Space Princess, Ice King, Flame Princess, and Lemon Grab are all playable okay. characters in this. And there was some DLC in some versions where you got uh, Peppermint Butler, Gunter, and Abraham Lincoln. Was Abraham Lincoln a part of the show? Yeah,
0: it was funny, actually, because, I, I, like I said, I watched that initial uh, pilot episode, and there's a weird gag in that where Finn... It meets with Abraham Lincoln like he has this weird dream sequence, which has a very funny line where Abraham he meets Abraham Lincoln on Mars, and Abraham Lincoln says, Finn, your consciousness has been traveled back in time and to Mars, which <laughs> is a very funny line. But it, it, th- I think that that was a level of weirdness that they kind of s- stepped away from. Like, that was a bridge too far. So it's cool that they brought him back yeah. for this. <laughs> brought back beloved Adventure Time character Abraham, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln. That's a nice touch. It's yeah. a nice touch.
1: You know, uh overall this game it just kinda slid off my brain. Um yeah. it's it's pretty it's, not it's pretty so, harmless. It's, it's not, not so
0: actively offensive as like the turbo stunt racing uh, game. No, I was
1: not mad at this. Everything it's trying to do, it's succeeding at doing. It just isn't trying to do very much. Yeah. Yeah. So it it's you know, for little little kids, uh if you need a distraction or something, I think that's probably the best way to go. But yeah, it's, there hard. Are better it's options. hard. There's
0: gotta be like there's gotta be a Diablo for babies that's actually like Fun and engaging like i Diablo totally low
1: babies yeah. they're torturing you
0: Hi, i am little
1: mephisto <laughs> i'm the baby butcher yeah uh,
0: but like you know what i mean like yeah, something yeah. that has that sort of loot loot draw um and is a little more complicated that is also age appropriate i think so i think you can make that
1: work let's talk about our second game today and that is adventure time finn and jake investigations this was released October 20th, 2015. One of the later games we played. Weirdly, so many of the games we played have been t- 2012, 2013. Okay. Nothing was released after that. Yeah. But <laughs> apparently, there were still games. Uh, this is developed by Vicious Cycle Software and published by Little Orbit. It was also released on PS3, PS4, Windows, 360, Xbone, and 3DS. Uh, two new developers to talk about here. Uh, Vicious Cycle was a North Carolina-based developer. They were active from 2000 to 2016. They're made up of uh, uh, developers who were fired from Sid Meier's Microprose Studios oh, when that sure. studio went down.
0: What it was a horror movie pitch. Steve. Yeah, yeah. So a guy buys a goes to the st- he want he's going through a midlife crisis. Sure. And he wants to look cool and get the chicks and stuff. Mm-hmm. So he decides he's going to buy a motorcycle. Obviously. And they go to the store and he finds this awesome motorcycle that's on this deep discount. And the reason that it's on this deep discount is because it used to belong to like a serial murderer. Oh, okay. Um. So he but he. They, the guy doesn't disclose this at the time so he buys it and then you know hijinks ensue name of this movie Little Orbit no Vicious Cycle damn it <laughs>
1: no I know it's a good title <laughs> I like that I like that I was why th- is it
0: called Little Orbit
1: I don't know that's just the name of the publisher <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, they no uh, I had a weird thought recently like they should make a, a, a sometimes I'll just hear a term and I'm like ooh that would be a good title for something Yeah. so I heard someone talking about Channel Drift
0: like the oh, idea sure. of, like,
1: you know, a TLC used to be an educational channel and then it drifted. And now it's just about like weirdos and freak shows. And, and the like
0: Discovery Channel used to teach you stuff. And now you just learn about ancient aliens and pawn
1: shops and yeah. stuff like that. So, like, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a horror movie, but like for something very piddly and annoying.
0: Is it? A, well, it's kind of, I mean, it sounds like it has the same premise as the show Stay Tuned. Stay right? Tuned. Yeah. Or,
1: or Terror Vision, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Channel Drift. Yeah. Well, let's make it. Um, Either way, Vicious Cycle, they were based out of North Carolina from 2000 to 2016. They threw a lot of support behind the PSP in the early days. And uh, one of That's their... why we've never
0: heard of them. Yeah, exactly. Which is not fair, because the PSP was a very... It's weird, PSP like... has some good stuff. The PSP was, like, a pretty... Su- like, sold a lot of things and has, like, a ton of games on it. But, like, it seems to leave a very small cultural footprint. It did. I think, like, weirdly,
1: the PS Vita is a superior system in every way, but people didn't play that because they just got burnt out on the PSP, yeah. weirdly. A successful system. Yeah. Um, But either way, one of their big games was called Deadhead Fred. I randomly have heard of this. Yeah. I don't know why. I I think I might know why you've heard of this. So this was, uh, it has a main character that's voiced by uh, John C. McGinley from Scrubs. Okay. And this is one of the early games that was getting like nominations for writing uh in other media like another other award media it's like i think this got a bafta nomination for for writing interesting and it was one of the first video games to get that okay okay and it's a weird poll because people really haven't played or heard (laughs) of this game but uh yeah deadhead fred Uh, apparently it's okay um yeah so uh they tried to make a new franchise with uh for some reason this has come up a lot on the show eat lead the return of matt hazard
0: (laughs) It has come up a lot. I, I, I feel don't like remember I, this I feel like I've all. brought this
1: up. This is like, uh, do you remember this game? It's a it's a Duke Nukem parody, kind of. It's also, like, how
0: can you make a Duke 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 Nukem is already a parody.
1: That was kind of the problem. Yeah. But basically, the idea was, it, it, kind of, this game took the idea that I think Duke Nukem should have done. Yeah. Uh, instead of like whatever the fuck of, it turned out of Duke out doing. Nukem
0: is the coolest guy on earth yeah which is the basically premise of that game
1: this this the premise of E-Lead is that uh the main character Matt Hazard, who's played by Will Arnett he is a video game character who was popular in the 90s but nobody plays his games anymore and he oh, looks sure. like an antiquated like dinosaur okay. like so he's a Duke Nukem type and now the game that you're playing is kind of this metatextual thing of like uh he's you're you're in a game but you're also trying to sell a new game okay well
0: this was your pitch for the the gex reboot yeah yeah that's
1: i think that's where it came okay it's like because because i always thought that was a really good idea for a game and the game sucks like on a gameplay level it just doesn't work and the jokes are kind of bad but like it's a good idea yeah yeah so i don't know i'm sorry it's a too it's too bad that one didn't really connect But yeah, they they work. The studio works a lot on the Wii U, so we'll see them a few times. They made the Pac Man and the Ghostly Adventure games, several of the DreamWorks games, and the Ben 10 games. Uh, Little Orbit, the publisher of this, has no internet presence that I could find. Uh, They only have well, okay, that's not true. They have one website that looks like it was built by a first year intern. Okay. And they only have three games listed on their website, and the biggest of which is an MMO called APB Reloaded. And I have vague memories of APB being like a arcade.
0: All po- I mean, game. that's all points bulletin. Really, so is it like a? I feel like it was like, like a, a cop
1: sim. Yeah, it was like a narc style, like beat 'em up with cops or something. Okay. Like, yeah, but yeah, and I, th- I'm crazy. I might be crazy. I feel like they remade APB for like Xbox, but like huh. I have have very vague memories of this.
0: I could be confusing it with just NARC. Yeah. Um, It's so easy to get things confused with NARC all the time. All the time. you are like, hi, are you playing Super Mario Galaxy 2? No, this is NARC. Oh, yeah, I see how
1: it's getting confused. And then, well, but the thing that's extra confusing is that I think it's the Ray Liotta movie. Sure. You know, and I'm not really the video game. So I don't know. It gets confusing.
0: NARC is one of the most, the original NARC arcade game is one of the most hilarious games to me just in its existence of the evolved from the winners don't use drugs title screen to you literally blowing up junkies <laughs> with a missile launcher. Yeah. Like that game is so
1: ridiculous. It's, it's such a Reagan era, like a uh, uh, time capsule. I almost want to do that on up to 64 DD yeah, sometimes just too, because but the, I think there's the only NARC, two. Yeah. The narc reboot, this would be like a one episode yeah. thing, but the narc reboot is like a gritty cro- cop drama where drugs are your power ups. That's terrible. It's so crazy to <laughs> me. Uh, I think it's pretty hilarious, but we'll talk about that maybe someday down the line. All right, story-wise. so well, well, I guess let's talk about the gameplay because the gameplay is the story for this. Yeah. Basically, I mean, this is... Finn and Jake Investigations is like... It's a, Sam and Max. It's a Sam and Max. Yeah, that's the exact comparison I was going to draw. It's, it's Sam and Max. It
0: even very much looks like that run of Sam and Max games they did in the The early... Telltale ones. Yeah, yeah, the Telltale ones. of the, They have these 3D models that look okay.
1: This is the first uh, Adventure Time game to transfer these characters into 3D. And there's always... Kind of a disconnect when you do this. like we've talked about it in the past, The Simpsons, it looks terrible when they do it. South Park, it looks terrible when they do it. Adventure Time, yeah, like you said, it looks okay. I think they they textured the graphics here enough and they make them weird enough. Like Jake's eyes still bug out or like get really huge and watery like yeah. the way it does on the show, and their arms still wiggle like they do. <laughs> like it's not as dynamic and it doesn't have that like anything can happen kind of. Style to it, but it does. It doesn't look terrible. Yeah. Yes,
0: correct. Yeah, and so yeah, this is like a walk around. I mean, it's a it's an adventure game. You yeah, walk around and based, you solve yeah. mysteries. They have this really weird framing device that they would do in a couple of the episodes, which would do they like the Rick and Morty uh, universal Universal Cable episodes. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they would just they're like, okay, we have all these weird ideas, but we can't fit them together, and so they have this character who I'm almost positive is voiced by Emo Phillips, who Huber who yeah. tells you these quote-unquote grables, which are fables, I guess. Yeah, that I did weird, not. It's, this is a weird joke, and this is not – Emo Phillips is a funny, weird guy famed for one of the funniest, funniest parts of the movie UHF in which he table saws off his thumb. Um, But to have him as kind of your narrator in this game and the guy giving you the tutorials, are you confirming that it is Emo Phillips? I am. Yeah, it is him. Okay. I mean, if I had gotten like, it would be so weird if someone else had that exact same voice because it's a super distinct That's voice. That's such a
1: distinctive voice. That but, was his
0: bit. Like, for people who don't know, he was a stand-up comedian
1: in the 80s, and that was his bit. He talk very
0: slow yeah. and raise his voice at the end of the sentence.
1: That, that was a golden era of stand up when you could like be a huge success for having a silly voice yeah. like uh <laughs> bobcat goldway rode that train for a long and time so
0: he's very good in like little bits but here every time you do a tutorial they're like i have a tutorial would you like to see it now and
1: half the time we kind of decided to skip the tutorials yeah. because like it, it's
0: i mean this guy's very are yeah. and it's also
1: pretty straightforward. Yeah. yeah,
0: so the way that it works is you simply walk around. Like, there's no clicking. You just walk around with Finn and approach people or objects in the world. And as you get close to one, um, these one, two, or three little circles will pop up over it. If it's the lower circle, you'll press... They, they correspond to the buttons on the pad. Right. So, like, your lower circle is... I can never... remember Is that B? It's
1: B, yeah. Okay. The lower circle's B, and then it's A on the right, it, X on the left, Y on yeah, top. Yeah, so
0: A... Then B lets you look at something, and Finn will say a little thing about it. A lets you interact with it, and uh, Y will, like... Sw- let you use whatever item you have equipped with it
1: yeah and you can cycle through your inventory with the trigger buttons just like there's a little bubble up at the top corner pretty pretty uh uh, bare bones interface which i appreciate
0: no i i totally appreciate it too like whenever things these games require to mix items or like navigate through your inventory it gets frustrating it was
1: it was something that we commented on in book of unwritten tales it was like a positive thing about that game is that like you know, they, they streamline these adventure game contrivances as much as they can. Yeah, and I think I, they're doing that to a degree. I think here,
0: if your inventory, since you can only basically cycle through your inventory two directions, I think it would be very annoying if, like, you got tons of worthless items and things right. were over full. But we didn't play it long enough to get to that point. No. Um, and so, like, the way it's structured is, at least according to the intro, is he's going to tell you five different stories. Yeah. And then at the end, you have to think of the theme for these stories And so they're just, like, little short... It's episodic. Like, again, ripping off the Sam and Max thing. Episodic, Like, this is already episodic, even though I think this was only released as the one game. Like, it didn't come out in episodes or
1: anything. Yeah, no, this game is complete in this form. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's kind of what you have. The the one wrinkle that you have to the adventure gameplay is that there is some limited combat in Mm -hmm. this. Uh, You'll get some scenes, and then everything will transfer into, like, an arena format that you can run around in. You press your attack button, and as you press it up, like, uh, there's a little meter on the bottom shaped like Finn's fist coming from the left and Jake's coming from the right. And when they meet in the middle doing their fist bump, then you have the ability to activate one of four Jake powers. Like, you can uh, either—he'll jump on top of you, and you make a Jake suit where you're huge and muscular and can just beat things. He'll turn into a top, and you can spin around. He'll turn into a catapult, and you can shoot ammo at people. Kind of fun. Yeah.
0: It, it was brief, but fun. Yeah. It was really funny, like that. This is a game not about combat. And I think the combat in this game is. More thought out than the game. Last game we played that is only about it's combat. only hack and
1: slash, and yeah, this this has these charming has little a bits. more
0: in depth combat system than the game that that is the whole point.
1: Yeah, and really, like again, we only encountered this once in our little playthrough of it, but uh, I, I liked the combat mechanics that they have here. They're simple, but I liked it, and, and they they, they, were they, they have
0: like a lot more character aside from the characters in this game. Looking, I don't necessarily like. I kind of like the way the Enter the Dungeon game looks like stylistically but these characters are a lot bigger they are um and they display a lot more personality yeah and so like this game to me i preferred this game because it exhibited more of the personality of adventure time
1: i think that's the thing it really got right like there are some frustrations i have with this game but it does feel like you're kind of playing through a slow episode of adventure time like they've got the They've got the look and they've got the voices and the attitude, mm-hmm. right? Like, the things that the banana people, the banana guards were saying when we talked to them were funny.
0: Yeah, like, totally. He says, oh, those keys are up on top of that shelf and I haven't learned climbing to get high things until tomorrow.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's there's funny stuff here uh, that I appreciated. The big problem I have with this, and this might just be an offshoot of my ADD, like making me cycle through things really quickly, but... Uh, I hate it when a game is entirely dialogue based and there's no way to skip ahead. Yeah, that's very bad. Because I will finish reading the dialogue box before the character is finished speaking. Like I just, I'll, I'll, I'll read it faster yeah. than that, and I want to brag, keep going. brag, brag. You know, I, I just, there. I mean, what? I'm, all sentence, I'm saying think, is that yeah. I'm a
0: super genius no, and no, I, look, I can read faster than these. I didn't say that. you said yeah, that. It's... I accepted it. Oh, okay. No, yeah. Uh, but
1: yeah, no, it, it's just uh, for me, like, and my inability to sit still. Unskippable dialogue scenes are like frustrating for me and the dialogue scenes play out pretty slowly here yeah, and that... they will be repeated in total if you have to go back and do like the same thing again. That
0: is always a weak point of these kind of games and I don't know why that seems to be a recurring problem is the dialogue never seems like directed in a no. way that like there's always weird gaps between everyone speaking that really, like, undercut the comedy, yeah. which which is hard, or, like, the cameras are just always very static, and I wish that those had been more engaging, or you could... It's weird that there are those gaps when you can't skip it, because, like, the fact that you can't skip the dialogue means it should all be butted very close to each other yeah, to it make should, it work.
1: it should flow. <laughs> like, you shouldn't have to have the option, like, but you do. It's like they say their dialogue, it pauses, then you can advance it, but it should just go, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And so the the weird structure of this game is that like for the first you know you guys are like a mystery solving team all a Scooby Doo crew, and so like the first episode is you have to free your friend wizard friend Abracad Daniel, you have to mm-hmm. free uh, who looks s- like a penis exactly yeah, yeah. looks like a his head looks like one of the pieces from the game sorry yes that's uh, true yeah weirdly. <laughs> But you have to, you know, clear his name. And so you just go into this room and kind of look at stuff and talk to people. And then when you look at a certain thing, it will say evidence up in the corner. Yeah. And then when you collect enough evidence, which the game doesn't tell you when you have enough, there's no, like, checklist of get five pieces of evidence. Sure. Then you go talk to Princess Bubblegum and say, hey, we've collected this evidence. Does this clear his name? And she says, yes. And then you have to answer, like, a little quiz about which, why like, it clears
1: his name. We were worried he was just going to be like, yes, you solved it. Let's move on. Yeah. like Which was going to be annoying because well, it's, like, we, you want to be part of the mystery. It's a weird, here.
0: dumb dynamic in a game when a character that you are playing as... I think I've complained about this before, but there was a couple sections in the uh, God of War PS4 game where... Atreus would, you would get stuck on a puzzle or something. And Atreus would say, do you know what to do? And Kratos would be like, yes, follow me. And I'm like, I don't know how to solve this puzzle. Right, yeah, Like, yeah. if Kratos knows how to solve this puzzle, is he going to tell me? Will he just do it? And it's like, no, I have to figure it out. But Kratos says that he knows, and it drove me nuts. <laughs> and um, this this it's is... It's just to, to the game telling you it
1: believes in you. Yeah,
0: you this is, was a similar thing of like you kind of just collect this random evidence and they're like, and it's like, yes, you solved the mystery. And it's like, wait, we, we did like, what, what is going on here? And then, so she'll ask you these pop quiz questions of like, what was the first thing that fell to the floor? And you're like, oh, the pamphlets fell first. And then the jelly beans. And I don't know. There's just, she's making the leaps in logic as opposed to you figuring like you figured it out yourself, right? Which is a lot less satisfying of a way to do it.
1: I think so, too. But, uh, you know, at least there was that interactive element of like, all right, you are helping to solve it, and they're working out their logic, like... Okay, so she's she's prompting you. It's kind of like, all right, so what was on the floor when you got in there? Well, it was pamphlets. Okay, and then what was on top of the pamphlets? It was jelly beans. That means so and so couldn't have gotten in there because like the jelly beans would have gotten knocked on the ground and then covered in the pamphlets and like
0: yeah. And I mean that was just essentially like the tutorial level of the game. So I imagine as things open up and maybe get a little more complicated, hopefully that stuff gets better thought out. Yeah. Um, but like I mean, very bluntly, like this game was kind of putting me to sleep. Like, I think both you and I are feeling a a little drained um, after...
1: It's our third day of podcasting in a row. And, Uh, like, yeah, it's just... It's it's summer. This this is a hard
0: game to sort of be going out on. Because it's just the energy in this game is real low. And that's not... It's not, like, in a... Bad, unpleasant way. It's just not necessarily what I'm looking for from an Adventure Time game.
1: Yes, yeah, similarly, I'm not mad at anything here. Right.
0: Like, I'm not offended
1: the way that uh, Turbo and SpongeBob offended us. Like, I think everything here is is a perfectly serviceable little fun game. Uh, it's just not necessarily something I'm going to go out of my way to play.
0: And it was cute. Like, I was able to leave the castle and just sort of make a little brief walk around like a small area of the Candy Kingdom. And like the environments themselves, like even though the characters look a little weird, the environment out there looked really good. Yeah, totally. And it, I was like, man, I, I hope that this game really opens up and why, you know, because I would be excited to explore more of this. It was cool to see this environment in 3D. Yeah. All the more made me want a more fleshed out Adventure Time game. Well,
1: because the, the structure of the Land of ooh is still kind of fluid on the show. It's yes. like, you don't, you can't really think like, oh, okay, Bubblegum's castle is here and Jake's tree is here. It's it's kind of everything just wherever you need it to be for that moment because yeah, it's whatever. Totally. It's, it's just a crazy world. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting to see it like have a structure and be like a village with a with a zoning ordinance and stuff. I don't know. <laughs>
0: what well, what did you think about this game? Like, I'd be curious. What do you think about this game compared to like a Book of Unwritten Tales, which is clearly the biggest parallel to what we played? Because it's, I think it's a much less ambitious game than that.
1: There's... It's much less ambitious. It's much simpler. I feel like I'm engaged with this sense of humor more than yeah. I was with Book of Unwritten Tales, and like I. I I think the book of unwritten tales problem was that like generic fantasy is pretty played out at this point. Like it's not, it's hard to get excited about it. Like I think it's probably technically a better game, but I think I would prefer this one.
0: Yeah. And like this game really, it kind of clicks along in the way that those telltale games do, even though like it's an adventure game where the point is you're solving puzzles. They basically just tell you where you need to go next. Yeah. And once like an area opens, like the guards are just gone Like, I I have a hard time believing, I don't think you'd get stuck too often in this game.
1: No, no, I don't think so. Um, I think we've kind of adventure timed out. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've gotten about as much as we can get out of this. I think it's time to move on to our rankings. Um, So each week we are ranking the the games that we just played and putting them on our ongoing list. Uh, So I think I know where I'm putting these two for me. Um, So for me, I'm going to say Finn and Jake Investigations was the best better of the two um and uh uh it just it just yeah i I think it's a little bit better thought out and it's just a little more um ambitious isn't even
0: the right word but i think it feels more like the adventure Adventure time time. because why why else would you play either of these games unless you were excited about the adventure time universe yeah and so you want to play the one that actually like has more adventure time content yeah like there's very little like voice acting in the original one like or in the first game we played Explore the Dungeon, because, like, mostly they just say things when you pick up food. Yeah, they, 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 yeah. It's not, like, dialogue. They're just, like, quippy catchphrases.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm putting the uh, Investigations at number 13, just above Book of Unwritten Tales 2. Okay. I think. Yeah, sure. To, true to my word. I think I would rather play that. And then I'm going to put Explore the Dungeon, because I don't know, uh, directly underneath Book of Unwritten Tales okay. 2 at number 15. We're making a sandwich of them there. Um Again, nothing, uh, nothing particularly upset or offended me about about this game. It's just, but nothing excited me either. It's a pretty generic dungeon crawler. Uh, a couple of cutesy little elements I liked, but overall, not really worth the time.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, I'm going to put these both under uh, Lego Jurassic World. Uh, Actually, I'll put them both under the pro fishing game.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: and I, I liked, um, boy, it's hard to remember these names, even though they're fun. Uh, um, I, I liked Investigators more than uh, Explore the Dungeon. Yeah. So that's it. No. Num- yeah, I think that's the same place as you. Uh, that's number thirteen and fourteen under pro bass fishing.
1: Perfect. Yeah, I think we're we're of an accord on these ones. Uh, we do have one letter this week, and again, it's once from, I apologize of Lemon grab.
0: Why you make fun of my voice? that didn't sound was, like him at all I it, it okay. was annoying it was so yeah, well good so annoying. it captured so the essence it got that but uh, really my core voice
1: is annoying so uh, apologies again because this is springboarding off of a topic on our uh, patreon oh. show but it's mostly not about that okay uh hello friends in hello your, in your metroid prime deep dive podcast you mentioned the halo alternative reality game i love bees that's Man. actually one of my favorite gaming memories it happened while I was in my last year of high school and I spent a ton of time on ARG forums watching for every update. A large part of the game was they would make they would call payphones around the country and make a record of whether or not someone picked up the phone. I actually skipped class one day to go to a, pick up a payphone at my local university where I met some other nerds who were there for the same task. Nice. The main product of I Love Bees was That's actually how I a, met my wife. <laughs> that'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. The main product of I Love Bees was actually a radio drama, which you can still find online. I really strongly recommend it to you and your listeners. It's a very well-written and produced series focused on a couple of everyday people who live in the Halo universe and get tangled up in some military-grade time travel shenanigans. Neat. That's from Andrew. I just wanted to bring that up because I do think I Love Bees was such an interesting— for those who don't know what that is, it was kind of a viral marketing push to uh, advertise Halo 2— and then Metroid Prime Two would go on to kind of do a similar thing,
0: but they we, they would just it was like an AR thing where like you would solve these puzzles that would lead to different spots in the real world,
1: and it wasn't clear that it had anything to do with Halo for a long time. I see. And then and then as it emerged, it's just like oh wait, this is like a Halo advertisement. And but they they left all these ornate breadcrumbs, like like doing goofy stuff like that, like like going to answer a payphone in the real world. You know, like do you
0: think that there will ever be an, another I Love Bees? Like, I'm
1: curious, like I like this idea of kind of making, it is a uniform video game, but it's also kind of a scavenger hunt sort of thing. Like
0: The amount of money that must have been put into that seems like it would have been a lot, but maybe the butt, the, like... Compared to like just the having to pay for TV time or whatever, it was less for the marketing buzz.
1: Yeah. But. I mean, it's uh, buzz. I love bees. <laughs> I get that nice. Uh, I guess the closest, I mean, the spiritual successor to this is stuff like Pokemon Go, which is uh, requiring you to interact in the real world in order to succeed at a That's big true. game.
0: It, I just feel like so many of these mysteries would be solved like instantly now. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like the communities just can pierce through them so quickly. Yeah. Do we, uh... Do we have energy for Prince Valiant? Should we do a Prince Valiant?
1: Are you up for it? I All don't right. know. All right, we, 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 we were we were starting to get some action last time. Like like something was starting to happen for the first time.
0: That's a good point. That's a good point.
1: You know. So uh, where where well, did we leave it, off? Prince
0: Valiant? Is the original Adventure Time? Oh really. yeah. <laughs> oh
1: he he gets his friends. He's going to very distant lands. I think it's actually yeah. Now that now that we say that, I think we have to. It's our <laughs> it's our uh, that's moral right. imperative. Ne- next
0: week he was going out on the weird journey. Oh so right. He, he got attacked by this sort of bog person and clubbed him and then nursed him back to health. Um, so, oh, yeah, I love these synopsis. So handy. Oh, good. Um, synopsis. Print Valiant sees a light far out in the uninhabitable swamps while investigating. What's he is that at- light? He is attacked by a strange human, human monster, which he defeats. <sighs> As a human Ow! monster. After a long sleep and some food Val prepared, the strange creature yum, 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 so yum, far yum. recovers that is able to talk. Next day, Prince Val probes the dull intellect and discovers its name is Thorg, and lives it to Thorg. the west in the heat and lives to the west in the dismal heat of the fens. Thorg, another good uh, adventure time name. Come check out my fens. They're pretty cool. <laughs> As Thorg grows stronger, his desire to return home becomes almost a panic, and Val has to tie him up. I don't know why. Hey, why why are you tying up old Thorg? <laughs> I thought we were buddies. On the third day after the fight, Val lays Thorg in his dugout, which is a canoe, and mm. sets out for the west. Thorg directs the way over the most desolate part of the fens. Only with the aid of the swamp shoes can they proceed. All right, you right, you're gonna.
1: here's the thing. You're going to want to take a left over here at the fork, and then you're going to want to put on your swamp
0: shoes because that's how you're going to get through. At a scream from Thorg, Val looks ah! up, and there in front of them... Rising from the mud is one of the giant prehistoric turtles that still lives in the unchanging fens. Duh, Cowabunga. It's That's a turtle noise. That's a giant turtle noise. Oh yeah. yeah. Slowly it advances through the ooze with outstretched necks, but hand and the true, but hand and true speed, a stream of arrows. I don't know. I don't what know that what means. that. Yeah. Uh,
1: anyway, I, th- I think it means he shoots arrows fast. Or Valiant. wait,
0: slowly it advances through the ooze with outstretched necks, but hard and true, speed a stream of arrows. That's what it means. Okay. There's a picture of Valiant shooting a bow and arrow at So him. he just shot an arrow. Yeah. Yeah. Twang. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. There. All right, Nailed we're moving it. along here. here we people. can. We Come can on. spell it out. Twang. We got things to do. The turtle pulls in its head to protect with the folds of his leathery neck its most vulnerable spot. Man. Oh, Harold Foster is getting real like ornate in his language here. Let's just let's 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 move it along here. Harold. Yeah, come on, bud. Its eyes is now only target for Val's arrows, and the great reptile is almost upon them before the arrow <sighs> finds its marks. To escape the burning pain of the arrows, the turtle turns and disappears into the mud, and Val continues its strange dur- journey. Next week, the witch's hovel.
1: Ooh, I'm excited. We have a new buddy, a guy named Thorg. Yeah. Next week, we'll meet Captain
0: American. Uh, Have you ever noticed that people don't live in hovels as much anymore? Not like, as much. I feel like they're a lot less popular than they used to be. No, It was like back in the shoes. 70s, everyone was talking about hovels.
1: Yeah, yeah. Now it's just all about yurts. Go get your yurt, buddy. All right. Well, that was a good check-in with Princey V. We're uh, we're moving right along. Uh, we're going to go
0: sleep for a week now.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just going to go chill. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We are still Ultra64 Podcast at all of the different social medias. That's where you can find our email, ultra64podcast at gmail.com. Send us
0: more questions. Yeah, or about, you can send tell us... us a, about Adventure Time.
1: You could also send us a message on uh, our Squarespace, ultra64.com. Uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash ultra64pod. We just started our new deep dive into the games of Tony Hawk. and Hawk. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. We're talking the Hawk, finally. Uh, and next week, you're going to want to tune in, especially if you are a fan of Thorg, Captain Amerikog, and the <laughs> Blark Widow, because we are talking about... Marvel games. There are three Marvel games on the Wii U. Two of them are Legos. We have Lego Marvel Super Heroes and Lego the Avengers. And then we have Marvel's Avengers Battle for Earth, a game that I do not know what it is.
0: Uh, my guess is that you battle for Earth.
1: I think there's probably going to be some Earth battling involved. That's
0: the But guess.
1: Uh, get, it, get hyped. Get hyped for them Marvel games, because uh, yeah, I know we're talking about Lego games, but these are two of my favorite Lego games. I think Ooh. these are the two best. Um, Exciting. They're, they're up there. So Tune in for that next week. We'll see you then. Come on, grab your friends. Come
0: along with me
1: with the butterflies and
0: bees.